say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Descending from atop the highest mountains of pop culture and delivering the knowledge of media you seek, this is the Geek Peak Podcast. Descending from atop the highest mountains of pop culture and delivering the knowledge of media you seek. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Geek Peak Podcast, the nexus of all pop culture knowledge, news, and recommendations. This week, we'll be delving into the past and uncovering some of the movies, shows, books, and games that turned us into the horror fanatics that we are today. Listeners, beware. You're in for a scare. My name is Brandon Lanis, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Chris Melvin and Trent Sherrod. How are you boys doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Brandon. Thank you for asking. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, guys. It's great to hear from you guys. Cheers to another night on the pod, and hello to You're all here. our listeners. Cheers. Clink. Mm-hmm. Clink, clink. Make sure everyone follow us at Facebook.com, Geek Peak Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Peak Pod. And uh, if you're feeling super generous, go on over to Apple and throw us a little five-star rating. You know what I'm saying? You'll, you'll like our content. Hit us up with that five stars. Or any stars. I mean, we don't care. All, five all stars! Good traction, <laughs> so uh, let's get into some drinks of the week. Chris, what are, you, uh, what are you sipping on tonight? So tonight I, am, I tried something new. It's called the Pseudo Sue Pale Ale. Now, it jumped out at me. I was looking in the beer store, and I'm looking around the shelves, and there was a bunch of craft beers, and just nothing was really jumping out at me. And Emily walks in, and she's like, I'm like, there's nothing really in here that really is speaking to me. 
And she points at this case and she's like, that one, doesn't it? And it's this gigantic T-Rex like roaring at me. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. So it's got a big, big ass purple and green T-Rex on the front of it. It's uh Wait, is it a party here? Is it a, no. <laughs> no? No, he looks if Barney was ferocious, maybe. Now that I'm seeing oh, okay. the purple and green, that's <laughs> it's coming to mind. But um it's toppling Goliath Brewing Company from uh Iowa, actually. Decora, Iowa. Oh, yeah. So they serve it in pints. So I'm sipping on it. It's actually pretty good. But I never have had it and probably would never have gotten it without seeing the big purple and green T-Rex. <laughs> so check out our social media to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, it just goes to show uh, a good can with uh, some sweet art can easily sell to us boys. <laughs> oh, dude, anytime I'm into a wine or something, I, oh, dude, uh, I've been guilty I see an awesome times. can, yeah, I'll, I'll just be like, oh, I'm buying this. Sounds good. Yeah. In fact, I'm I'm guilty of it this week as well. Uh, I'm sipping on clown shoes. Rainbows are real. So this is a <laughs> hazy New England style IPA straight out of Massachusetts. Seven percent. It's uh, it's good. It's it's a little different. I've never had this one before. It's it's pretty hoppy. Not gonna lie. But uh, what really caught me was just the the imagery on the can. It's a vibrant sunset with a. Uh, Two little clown people looking up at it. They almost look like robot clown people. But uh, yeah, I'd recommend it. It's in my backlog of uh, beers that I've been meaning to get around to. So finally get this is giving me try this one out. a great idea. I have been thinking a lot recently about getting a at-home brew kit. I had started when, during quarantine because so I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? But we happen to have a really cool logo developed by a really cool friend of ours and i would love to make a beer and slap that logo on a bad boy geek peak beer. Be uh-oh we got something <laughs> brewing oh <laughs> <laughs> trent you got something a little bit different special tonight what are you what are you sipping on i do by the way can you guys hear the thunder going around in in the I background can. over here i do I hear the rumblies Speaking of something brewing, we got a crazy storm of brewing over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I am doing a flight. My beautiful bride to be found these really cool flight stands with glasses at Target in like the $5 section. And I didn't want to go super carb and calorie heavy with craft beers. I mean, I really wanted to, but I didn't. So I'm doing a seltzer flight. I, I chose four different seltzers uh, or four different companies, all the same flavor. So I have Bud Light Seltzer, Mighty Swell, which most people probably haven't heard of Mighty Swell before. It's really good. Wild Basin and Bud Light Limerita. So ah, the Limerita sucks. <laughs> the line really yes, sucks. It does. yes it does <laughs> um the it's eight percent though so that's kind of cool mighty swell and wild basin i found at a brew fest up here in jacksonville right before quarantine and then bud light seltzer is just bud light seltzer 
but I thought it was kind of cool. We're doing like our whole what our whole intro into horror and all that kind of stuff. And this is what I imagine Gen Zers as an intro to alcohol. Now they didn't have to suffer through the four locos like us. Oh God. Lucky, yeah. lucky, lucky team. They, <laughs> they get craft seltzers. Flight of the Celsius is what I wanted to say earlier while you were talking, Trent. <laughs> oh man all right well let's get right into this week's uh news so trent i know you want to talk about this one a lot hit us with it the boys season two dropped but it didn't drop all at once much to the chagrin of many toxic fanboys out there so what they did is they dropped three episodes and then they're doing a, a weekly episode drop after that. And I think it's either eight or 10 episodes. But a bunch of fanboys went and just review bombed it on Metacritic and all that other. Uh, well, I don't know if you can review on Amazon Prime or not, but I think the Metacritic rating was like 92%. And then uh, viewers are the, the viewer score, it, the audience score is like in the thirties. So the, wow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and it's, that is the reason why it's not because it sucks or anything. I read up on this. They are literally pissed that it didn't all drop at once, which I don't know. I think it's kind of good because you get them hooked on the first three episodes. And I think it, you can almost get more of an audience that way because it gives people time to get into the show. So they're really vested in it. And then the last, you know, quarter of the season, they're on the edge of their seat week by week. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, from, especially from a marketing standpoint, it makes total sense to try to get them into a, to get them invested into the series with the first few episodes and then go weekly. So, I mean, it extends their subscriptions, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for the consumer, but well, as the viewer, I actually kind of like it because it, you get I the best. Too, of, you get the best of both worlds. Like you can binge real quick, but then it's not over in two days. Like when Stranger Things comes out, that's going to be over for me in two days. Mm-hmm. And Samantha's always Is like, that? "No, we can't binge through." When, when then, what are we going to watch? And I'm like, "But I want it. I need it. It's right there." I mean, I I kind <laughs> of I understand that, but at the same time, I feel like there are some shows that are meant to binge, while there are other shows that you need to take slowly to really appreciate. And I don't know. Would you Would you say? I feel like the first season of The Boys they just dropped it all at once, which is part of the pe- reason people are raging face. Still stupid, but. Yeah, but at this point, we should be kind of used to shows coming out weekly anyways. I mean, sure, some do just drop the entire load on us at once, but... Whoa. I mean, for example... Whoa. All right, listen, listen. That, that came out weird. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. alert. Oh, no. Jeez. Good old Cleveland steamer. So here's something that I noticed, is that uh, Raised by Wolves, the show that we mentioned a couple weeks ago, yeah. that just recently dropped on HBO Max, they did something very similar where they dropped only the first couple episodes, yep. and then they're going to be released weekly, and no one seems upset about that. So it's it must just be like big fanboys of the boys that are coming in. and They've crossed a line, I don't know. It, Brandon. It's weird to see that. It's like, <laughs> They've crossed it just seems weird to like hold one show to that standard where it's like, it's not okay. And another one where it's like, Oh, it's fine. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the boys is 
like has a very strong fan base. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's like you get the toxicity from like really strong fans, like star Wars and game of Thrones. And I wouldn't say that I'm not saying the boys is on the level of that, but no, it's still a relatively new IP. I mean, they've only had one season prior to this. So by by the way, I wanted to uh, make a correction on something. So they rated it. It's like two and a half stars on Amazon where, while it's like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah. That's what I saw. But it's still just insane. Yeah, it's super polarizing. Uh, if not anything else, I think it kind of like turns new people away that haven't seen the show, which fans shouldn't want. They should want the show to succeed so that they'll continue to make more seasons of it. So it doesn't really make sense that they're review bombing it just because they're releasing episodes weekly. Well, toxic fanboys are fucking stupid. So. <laughs> All right, true. so Big true. moving forward, I got to catch a fan flick, not by Toxic Fanboys, on YouTube for free. If you are looking for a good horror movie to catch this weekend or next weekend or sometime, anytime in the coming weeks leading up to one of our favorite holidays, Halloween, uh, definitely check this out. It's called Never Hike Alone. And it is a Friday the 13th little mini story. But it is actually great. I really, really enjoyed it. So good. We all watched this, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so sure basic premise, he's uh, he's like a hiker blogger who films himself going places by himself. And... He's just in very good athletic shape and he encounters Camp Crystal Lake. And then he's fighting Jason for a little bit. But it's done so much like a normal Friday the 13th movie, but very. There's actually scary parts. There's a little bit of gore, but not too much. I felt like overall, it's just great. It's a great film. It was really good. I would even say it does better than some of the original <laughs> Friday the 13th movies. I was yeah. just about to say. I, mean, that, I don't want to really was... talk about uh, Jason takes New York or anything like that. But <laughs> what'd you say about my and favorite Jason Friday the Thirteenth movie? Or that your favorite? And my shit, second sorry. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it, it was really good, and the, uh, the one of the parts that I liked the most is that this guy actually throws down with Jason. He gets some licks oh, yeah. in. Yes. And you don't you don't really see that. So that part was cool. Also, Jason loses his mask at one point. You get to see his face. It's all fucked up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. And they're making a sequel like we mentioned last week. So keep on the lookout about that. We'll we'll keep you up to date. Yeah. If you got 50 minutes to spare, just go for it and take a take a watch. For sure. It's definitely worth the watch. Moving forward, we've got a Batman property. I know we talked about Batman a couple weeks back, but just a little update. So I watched an animated Batman show on HBO Max called Dark Knight Returns. Two parts. Each one's about an hour, hour and a half. And that is now one of my favorite Batman properties of all time. It is so good. You have to watch it. It's amazing. It takes place. Bruce Wayne's 55 years old. 
and he has to come out of retirement because of what's happening in Gotham. And it's just, I'm not going to say anything else beyond that, but I would highly recommend it. If you're a Batman fan and you have not watched the dark Knight returns, check it out. HBO max. That's one I definitely want to check out at some point. I just recently finished the Harley Quinn series on HBO max and I'm, I'm hungry for some more Batman content, so I'll be going around to that for sure. That's another one I will uh, double down on my recommendation for, Harley Quinn. Very good show. So good. Next up, we've got one of my favorite books of all time, The Stand by Stephen King, is being adapted into a TV show. It's going to be on CBS All Access, and it's dropping December 17th of this year. I am so stoked. If it's anything close to the book, it's going to be incredible because that book is my favorite Stephen King book. So I don't know anything about The Stand. Would you care to go into a little bit of detail about what it's about? So the first half is all about this virus that breaks out that kills 99% of the population. The second half is all about this battle between good and evil. Okay. And that that's like the most surface level, but it's so well done. Almost like a revelations type thing. Yeah, pretty much. It's All it's right. really, really good. I and it's told in classic Stephen King style from a bunch of different characters' perspectives. So you have, you know, six basic main basically main characters. So next up, Brandon, why don't you uh why don't you cover this one? Because you just watched it before we started. Yeah, sure. So the uh, new trailer for Dune just came out recently. That movie looks like it's going to be a hell of a ride. It's got... So I don't know the actors mainly, except for Zendaya, Dude. who's been featured in some of the new Star Wars movies. Oh, there let me give so you a rundown. Many. No, let me give you a rundown real quick of some of the actors. Seriously, there are yeah, so many me. famous freaking people. So Timothy Chalamet, uh, he was in a really good uh, King Arthur Netflix movie. I don't really know what else he's in, but he's really good in that. He's a younger actor. Oscar Isaac, you'll know him from the new Star Wars trilogy. Josh oh, Brolin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanos. Oh, I'm looking Stones. at it right now. What the hell? Jason Momoa and Dave Batista are in it too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even recognize him in the trailer. Oh my God. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, and then, yeah, Zendaya. Oh, and ha- Javier Bardem, who is amazing. I love him in Old Country for No, or no Country for Old Men. Josh Brolin. Wow, yeah, they got some really heavy hitters in here. Holy shit. And it's going to be a two-part movie release. So they're the first it's it's going to be literally like split in half with the original novel. So in the trailer when that sandworm comes up, ooh. <laughs> that thing looks thing crazy. Is going to absolutely wreck everything it touches. I'm excited to see it. <laughs> it's just all teeth. Yeah. I mean, just from the trailer alone, you can tell that it's like just how it's filmed it looks gorgeous it's in a very cool interesting setting you know like on a, a desert planet i'm excited for it i think it'll be really good yeah i'm looking forward to it i tried to read it a while back but it's a little dense it, it was written in 1965 <laughs> yeah it's one it's one of those books that's been recommended to me that i've just never gotten around to but one day maybe maybe i'll be inspired after watching the movie well, let's uh let's go ahead and talk about the one and only Brandon <laughs> Travis Scott. It's lit. He is everywhere right now. <laughs> it's lit. Give me the loot. <laughs> he is everywhere right now. So after being featured in Fortnite a couple months back, 
he i mean he's just blown up completely he's been featured in the newest movie tenant which uh features one of his songs that just came out and most recently at mcdonald's they decided to make a meal based off of what he orders for his quarter pounder so uh it involves a quarter pounder classic with some lettuce and bacon added on which is nice (laughs) and then uh of course you got to have some barbecue sauce for your fries and a large sprite so there you go I also believe it's actually on sale right now at McDonald's as they're promoting it. So Cactus Jack, I, I would I would feel remiss that they would uh, release this and we didn't talk about it. So McDonald's is a marketing genius. I mean, oh, absolutely. Like, just they don't even come up with their own shit. You know, like the whole Szechuan sauce thing. They're like, oh yeah, we're running with this totally. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they created the Szechuan sauce, but. <laughs> that sweet sweet sauce. Yeah, they created and, and forgot about it until Rick and Morty decided to bring just, it back just, up. <laughs> yeah, just doing a great job of recognizing pop culture moments and like, yep, we're taking advantage of that. Uh, yep, I don't hate it. Great either. job. Yeah, no, I can't. No, I can't cool. blame them. I kind of enjoy it. It's bad, but uh, let's go ahead and move right into the music of the week. So I'm gonna go first. I've got a great jam it's called runaway by half alive you may recognize the band half alive because i recommended them another song of theirs uh called still feel a couple weeks back so definitely check that out it is Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. A fantastic song. I can't stop listening to it. Kind of an indie rock dance hall kind of jam. Get down to it. Nice. So, Brandon, what do you got? I got a a truckload of songs to bring out. Well, three to be specific. I guess it's not really a truckload. But (laughs) first one I got is Okay Not To Be Okay by Marshmello featuring Demi Lovato. Super chill electronic beat. Uh, Very catchy. Demi. Would not be surprised. If it's all over the radio soon enough. So check that one out. Strange Days by The Struts featuring Robbie Williams. The Struts struts. is such an underrated band. They're so underrated. I highly recommend you check out their stuff. We saw them at Rockville. uh, I I think it was either last year or two years ago. And they stole the show. They played midday. They weren't one of the headliners. But for me on that particular day, they were the best performing band just his stage presence on up there just oh it reminded me almost like freddie mercury and he kind of has that aesthetic to him too like he was all in frilly clothing and stuff but yeah i recommend that and then of course speaking of travis scott i have the plan 
which is the song that's featured in the movie Tenet. That beat rides. If you're looking for something to get you hyped Ooh. up, check out the plan by Travis Scott. Did you guys see Tenet yet, by the way? No, I'm getting I'm to it. it this weekend. It's tough right now. I'm seeing it this weekend. You're seeing it this weekend? Yeah. Where yeah, there's nice. a will, there's a way. It's going to happen. Don't worry. So I, Any yeah, I, I listened to Chris probably knows a decent amount about this band. Cause I was talking to him and he's seen them live. Um, but my buddy Ryan was over this weekend and he's playing some music and I really liked this band Bombargo that he was playing. So I've been diving into some of their stuff. They they haven't even released a full album yet. It's a bunch of singles, but they're supposed to be relief releasing their first album. Oh, actually, hold on. Yeah, no, I don't think they've released a full album yet. It's mostly singles, but they got a full album coming out this year. So, Chris, do you want to talk? Where did you see them at? Was it Okeechobee? Yeah, I caught them in Okeechobee. They're great, honestly. I had not listened to them prior, but, you know, Ryan introduced them to me, actually. They were very fun to see. Definitely a groove. I don't even know really how I'd describe them, but it's definitely kind of like a jam band, but not necessarily a jam band. Me neither. Shout out to Sister Myers for the recommendation. So let's get into some gaming news that came out this week. Nintendo is dropping even more stuff. They just recently had their Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary direct. And now they're just they're sprinkling us with even more stuff every once in a while. And we got a big announcement with Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity that's going to be coming out on November 20th. This is something I'm super stoked for. If it's plays similarly to, um, what is it? What, what, what are those dynasty games? Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, I think is dynasty what it's called, Warriors. Where it's like a a beat 'em up, and you play like an overpowered character, and you go around and just, I mean, you just crush yeah. giant armies ahead of you. But what they're doing is they're taking a twist on it to make it more suited towards uh, Zelda and Hyrule, specifically during Breath of the Wild. So they've already done something similar to this before with the, the original Hyrule Warriors, but that was just like a mishmash of all sorts of different Zelda IPs combined into one game. And it was more like just a love letter to Zelda in general. Whereas this one is going to be acting as basically a prequel to Breath of the Wild and showing what happened when the Calamity struck and Ganon took over Hyrule. So... I mean, I was a huge fan of Breath of the Wild. I am anticipating Breath of the Wild 2, and I can't wait for them to announce when that's coming out. They announced it last year, but we haven't heard any news since then, really. So this will be a nice thing to kind of give me a little bit of reprieve. <laughs> yeah, I've tied the hunger. Until Breath of the Wild. Uh, absolutely, man. I, I'm hungry Please for that one. Please give it to me. We won't so, uh, shit. I'll definitely be picking up Hyrule Warriors, and it's coming out right around Christmas time, November twentieth. So it's going to be one of those holiday Nintendo games that I'm sure is going to sell extremely well. Yeah. Brandon, especially considering how well the Wild did that. What you talked about last week, that Mario Kart game that's coming out, that well, where you yeah. can actually have the the RC cars in the house. I, I finally saw the trailer for that. That looks sick. <laughs> Doesn't I it? really, it really want that. <laughs> That's another one where I'm sure like Christmas time is going to roll around and that's going to be a hot item. Every kid's going to have one. I think it's hilarious because you can still throw the items and then your car just stops. (laughs) Yeah. It's super cool in the way they use the AR technology. Yeah. So, so, well, 
for that's, that's cool for all you X bots out there. Me. Microsoft just yeah, we know Chris. Get over. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. Um, so yeah, Microsoft re- revealed the price points for their two new Xbox models: Xbox Series S, as in Sam, and Xbox Series X, as in Xbox. Two ninety nine and four ninety nine. I was gonna say xylophone. <laughs> xylophone. Yeah, two ninety nine and four ninety nine. Those are some decent price points. I mean, especially for the base model at two ninety nine. That's super affordable for a new. I Xbox. wonder what's the. Uh... What, what's the difference? Did you guys look into that? I, I know that like PlayStation is going to be having a uh, like a solid state drive model where you don't have any discs. It's all digital um, when when you buy your games. I, I don't know if that's I don't one of the differences here or not for either of the S or X. Actually, I think they're both discless. Oh, okay. Let me see here. I'm still. I'm gonna take a little look. See real whether quick. Whether or not I'm actually going to buy one. You know, I built a gaming PC. I have I've been looking at the PlayStation too. It looks like a strong contender. So the Series S, the two ninety nine model, does not have a disk drive, but the Series X does, which okay. might make a difference in some people deciding to get the more expensive model because they prefer to have the actual physical copy of their games. They both have. It looks cool. Let's see what the it's. Uh, yeah, the Series S is a solid state drive too. Man, for two ninety nine, right. that's hard to beat. I like the look too. It's like just a tower. It looks like a gaming tower. It's pretty cool. I will say I'm a big PlayStation fan and I kind of like prefer that look over the spaceship look that the new PS5 is coming out with. You know, the PS5 is getting shit on <laughs> for its look, but I kind of like how it looks as well. I like the Xbox as well. I, I think they both look pretty cool. I think the PlayStation looks cool. It's not going to look good with all of my fiance's decorations in the living room. <laughs> like, I just like that the Xbox, <laughs> it's just that tower and it, it, it's not really out there in your face. I mean, the PS5 looks really cool, but I just, it's, it's very bright and flashy. So some of the big things that are separating the Series S and X are the disk drive, which the X has 4K UHD Blu-ray disk drive. It also has a terabyte of uh, solid-state drive. Looks like the CPU is a little bit stronger. And, of course, it's, it's bigger. <laughs> it's definitely bigger than the Series S. But I'd say it's uh, it's pretty comparable. It's got 16 gigs of RAM also compared to the Series S with 10 gigs. Cool. So I'm, I'm sure that'll be dropping. So oh, yeah, it releases November 10th, so just in time for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, November too. 10th. They, they got the date. Time for Christmas again. Uh, it's going to be an all-out war once again, I guess. I don't want to go too much into this because we've got more stuff to get into, but do we have any like flagship games launching with um, the new Xbox? Not that I've seen. I, I don't think so either because they originally were going to do Halo Infinite, but I think they got pushed back into 2021 now, which blows my mind. You'd think that'd be the big one they want to sell for the Xbox right away, but as far as I know, I don't think it has any big hitters at the beginning yeah i mean that's the only reason to buy an xbox which is, right, is halo that's what everybody's always been telling me that's part of the reason why i'm on the fence there isn't yeah. any big True. flagship games also screw you trent <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into what we're actually going to be talking about today so the idea for this episode was that we uh wanted to revisit some of the stuff that turned us into the horror fanatics that we are today as well as some content that you could show somebody 
who's maybe not super into scary movies or horror content, but maybe you want to kind of get them into it. This is a good way of broaching that subject and, and you know, this entire genre, really. So some of it's a little more lighthearted. Some of it was stuff that just scared us. But uh, I think you will all get some kicks out of some of the topics we talked about today. So we'll go ahead and start off. The first thing I want to ask is what's the first horror movie or super scary piece of media content of any kind, whether it's comics or books or whatever, that really stuck with you and really scared the hell out of you. I remember watching a Disney Channel original movie called Don't Look Under the Bed. Do you oh guys my, remember that one? Yes. Oh my I God, I do yes. remember that one. With the freaking boogeyman. The boogeyman, yeah. Uh-huh. It was the boogeyman. And, okay, so th- I don't remember too many of the details or the plot, but I do remember that after I watched that movie, I anytime I would get out of bed, it could be morning, it could be afternoon, it could be night. I would literally jump as far as I can out of my bed because <laughs> I was terrified someone was going to grab my ankles from under the bed. You got to do the dodge. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was one of them. And then also, I just randomly thought about this. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but there used to be a McDonald's TV show. Did you oh guys ever God. watch that? Yes. I the do. Wacky I Adventures of Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, baby. It's real weird. It's real weird. And they one, one of the episodes, they all get stranded out in the woods and go into this like old mansion. And part of it is they get stuck in one of those mirror rooms where it's like a mirror maze. It's so weird how vividly I remember all of this as well. <laughs> yeah, that kind of disturbed me. Ronald McDonald looked real creepy, like animation style of Aw Real Monsters, kind of. You had the Hamburglar, Grimace, which, speaking of Barney, looked like a real big furry Barney. Is weird. <laughs> I remember that to this day. <laughs> all right, Brandon, what, uh, you know, what's the first piece of like horror content that really stuck with you? So growing up, I was really into reading the Goosebumps books, which wouldn't I wouldn't say they're necessarily super scary, but they're definitely an intro to horror. And then also watching the show. Are you afraid of the dark on Nickelodeon? Now, we're going to get into this, but there's one episode in particular of Are You Afraid of the Dark that I will never forget. And it's called Tale of the Dead Man's Float. It scarred me Just from go ahead fools and get for into a it. while. Do we just want to jump in? Yeah, yeah, get into that. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. So it's about these kids. I, at I don't remember this one. I watched a lot of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's been so oh, long yeah. ago. I don't remember them specifically, but I'm I'm excited to be refreshed. There's, there's two in particular episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that really stuck with me, but Tale of the Dead Man's Float was the one that really was the heavy hitter, in my opinion. It's about these kids. They want to reopen this closed pool at their school. And no one remembers why it was closed. And so they have it refurbished by the school. And it turns out that someone had drowned in that pool. And there's an entity that still haunts it. So once it's filled and stuff, they there's like this this bloody skeleton looking figure that it comes out. And you can see it like from his point of view sometimes. Like he'll be reaching up and grabbing at people's legs like while they're swimming. And no one else seems to notice him. Yeah. Uh, that that Jesus. one that one got me for a while. That that made me <laughs> very wary of going into pools when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. 
Okay. But, uh, if we're talking uh, like movies and stuff, I think the first horror movie I saw was Leprechaun Three, which is not very scary either. <laughs> but it's the one that it's the one where it's, it's like set in Las Vegas, and uh, the Leprechaun goes on a bunch of hijinks and you know does his thing. As a child, <laughs> though, terrifying. As a child, it, it's there's definitely some uh, some gore. There's some bloody parts, and there's a couple jump scares in there that got to me, but. I wouldn't say it necessarily left a lasting effect. <laughs> so Chris, before we get to you, I also just want to mention, I used to also get scared of VHS tape covers and covers of books. Mm-hmm. So like my mom, I remember when I was a kid seeing her reading this goosebumps book where there's a bunch of skeletons barbecuing. They're like in a backyard, just barbecuing skeletons. Oh yeah. Say cheese and die. Yeah. And then the cover of the VHS tape of it and the cover of the VHS tape of Candyman. Anytime I Can- saw that shit in Blockbuster. I was just about to say the cover for Candyman in Blockbuster always scared me too. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I know. Blockbuster, yeah, I'd see those two movies and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I, for some Even, reason, yeah, I also have a vivid image of Candyman in my mind. <laughs> That, the sight of the, the eyeball with the bee crawling on it. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good on that. <laughs> Speaking of which, I want to see the Jordan Peele version of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what are your some some of your earliest uh, horror so, recollections? Like, the, the first movie that like scared the hell out of me was actually Jaws. I know that's not necessarily a horror movie. It's more of like a, you know, hey, it's, shark movie. It's, you'd be surprised. It's counted in a lot of horror like movie lists. So, yeah. So I would say that's the first that's, one. That I'd really say it's an honorary me. horror movie. But I also right. loved Goosebumps books. So, you know, I got to I got to throw out some some credit on that. Why don't we go ahead and talk about talk a little bit about the Goosebumps books? I specifically yeah. wanted to talk about the uh, choose your own scare books one one in particular that stood out to me was escape from Ca- the carnival of horrors same dude <laughs> dude that one was crazy that was so I remember, insane i remember picking that one up from the book fair while i was in elementary school <laughs> yeah and always the like book fairs were like a freaking drug market for fucking was. they were, they were. <laughs> get your goosebumps here <laughs> they taught they they also taught you like cash management because i would never leave without spending every last penny like i could have 10 cents left i'm like yo give me that give me that eraser <laughs> let me get that pencil i need give to spend all pencil of this. gripper <laughs> yeah oh those are the best i love the gummy yeah so yeah. i uh that that particular one was really good. I I really enjoyed it. Did you guys when you did the choose your own scares? Sometimes I would try to hold pages like multiple decisions so back to try to be like, you know, like the branch decision where it would have like all the offshoot decisions would come from that. But I would find myself like holding open pages like with multiple fingers, like skimming through it, like trying to like keep yeah. my place at like four or five different places at a time. And like cheat to go back if I died. <laughs> you guys are noobs. You had to get the fold. Yeah, you, you had to get the fold page technique. You fold the corner of the page. <laughs> I the only problem with that is I'd forget which ones were folded for what. Exactly. Well, yeah, you fold the top one or the bottom one. Come on. 
Come on now. <laughs> oh, dude. But yeah, the choose your own scares are amazing. Some other notable just plain Goosebumps books, the originals, that were some of my favorites. And feel free to add on these. But Shocker on Shock Street with the gigantic praying mantis. I loved that one. Oh, yeah. I really liked the haunted mask. Obviously, they made the cartoon or the not the cartoon, the uh, live action TV show, which is on Netflix. Check it out. Just uh, watch the it. 90s. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. The haunted mask is great. Um, one of my personal favorites, Deep Trouble. It's the one that had the hammerhead shark on the front. I think that's that, the one where like, resonated uh, yeah. for me because I am from Florida. That's the one where the kids like snorkeling, right? And he like rubs up against fire coral. Am I am I rem- remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's been so long since I read that one, but it's that's a good one. Um, the other. The Mummy Walks. I like The yep. Mummy Walks. The Mummy Walks is excellent. I had Stay Out of the Basement. Do you remember that one? The plant? The plant yes. Lesson? Dude, that one, I remember that one from the show. Yes. That one I specifically remember from the show. That one was yeah, weird. Yeah, that, that episode of Goosebumps is freaking crazy. <laughs> and then uh, A Night in the Tower of Terror, or in Terror Tower, sorry. That one is, it's got like the, the headsman with the axe or whatever on the cover. And not to not to forget Say Cheese and Die, Monster Blood, Beast from the mm-hmm. East. Night of the Living Dummy. Classic. Night of the Living Dummy for sure, yeah. Oh my god, dude. The, Goosebumps was great. I really, I definitely am going to want to show my kids Goosebumps whenever I have kids. Yeah, and you can show them all on Netflix instead of yep. having to rent them from Blockbuster. True. That was another thing I would always rent from Blockbuster is Goosebumps. Yes, sir. So uh, any other notable mentions that we should bring up related to I Goosebumps, think, guys? I think those are the big ones for me. Yeah, I think we can move on from that. All right. Well, why don't you, Trent, hit us with scary stories to tell in the dark? See, I didn't I didn't read or is it a book or a show or? Yeah, it's it's I think there's two. Well, there's there's a series of books, but um, these books, the covers are weird, like they're dark and black and gray and they look like like they make the the cover. The blacks look like blood and the it's just you have to see the cover. It's real creepy. I never actually read the books, but I have seen the artwork in the books and some of the monsters that are portrayed. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I can attest that they do a really good job and they make it look super creepy and just like they're like black pencil scratching kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, I I really can't remember specifics of the stories because it's been so long since I read them, but um, it's just a collection of scary stories. And I'm sure that if I went back and read them now, they'd still be pretty freaky. Well, did you get a chance to see the movie um, that came out last they, year? Yeah, it's God, it sucked. It wasn't great, but I kind of liked some of the monsters and that they portrayed in the movie that came from the books. I like, haven't watched I like, it. I like the scarecrow guy where he like filled up, he turned the other kid into a scarecrow after being Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Basically tortured by this nasty bully for who, who knows how long years. And then also the uh, mm-hmm. the pale woman that was like walking down the hall with the red and wh- the red lights in the uh, hospital. I thought that was really cool imagery. Yeah, I mean, th- I will give you that stylistically, it was cool. The story just kind of lost me. It was also PG thirteen, mm-hmm. so any horror movie that's rated PG thirteen, it automatically I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some issues. Going that's fair. That. We're veterans here, so uh, <laughs> but but again, <laughs> we're talking about some horror stuff for some younger kids and teenagers that are still trying to get into it or even adults that just have never really gotten around to watching horror movies or been into horror the genre in general that i'm looking at the book covers now that that scarecrow one is actually um on the cover of the first book Mm. Mm -hmm. and so there's there's scary stories to tell in the dark more scary stories to tell in the dark and then scary stories three more tales to chill your bones these were written in the first one was written in 81. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't think they were that I think old. Goosebumps started off kind of early, too. It was either in the eight, late 80s or early 90s. Yeah, I want to say the, the choose your own scares were in 95. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading this random article about a school in Chicago that banned scary stories <laughs> because um, one of the school teachers like if these if these books were movies they'd be R rated because of the graphic. <laughs> we need to stop these scary stories from being told. <laughs> uh, yeah, your resistance is futile, old man. So why don't we get into another one that has in the dark? In yeah. The so I've already mentioned the tale of the dead man's float from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which honestly, I I think the show is better than the Goosebumps show overall. It actually does horror yeah. a little bit better. It's a little bit scarier. I agree with you. It's, probably, it's a little bit more mature. It's yeah, it's not as campy. But yeah. um, the other one that really stuck out to me from Are You Afraid of the Dark was The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner, which is about some kid who has aspirations to be this big comic book writer. And he's he's teased. He's made fun of for it. And eventually he gets um he goes to a comic shop and gets recommended this comic that was never finished. And he's like, oh, well, maybe you could like check this out and get some ideas for this or even like finish it. And it's about this clown who has this wide blue grin. And there's a mystery around it of why the author never finished writing it. And so it turns out throughout the episode, uh, Go figure. The clown comes out of the comic <laughs> and starts wreaking havoc on people. And what really stuck with me and made it pretty scary was the way that the clown would it, like he almost like infected people around him and like made it so they were constantly smiling and like would like drool this like blue goo. It was, it was very unsettling as a kid. <laughs> I definitely yeah, that remember sounds... how scary that freaking episode was. Yeah. Super unsettling. I really liked the uh, 
It was the one where there was like a bunch of dolls that were all yeah. alive. That like, one was scary as hell. That one stood out That's one where the me. kid moves into like his uncle's house or something like that. It passed away. And then yes. uh, some bullies are teasing him and then some some dolls convince the boy to kind of turn evil, I guess. <laughs> those <laughs> dolls are terrifying, man. They are. <laughs> I, I don't know how you side with those dolls, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll save that conversation for another day. So... Another medium that I loved, I guess Are You Afraid of the Dark was not a book, but another medium that I'm a big fan of is cartoons. Mm -hmm. And some that really early, early on I was watching that were horror based was uh, Scooby-Doo. Like I was watching that as a young kid. Loved that show. Do you have a favorite villain from Scooby-Doo out of curiosity? Oh... I love Minor 49. Minor 49er. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Off the top of my head, I don't remember the villains. I obviously I remember the one like uh diver person. Yeah. I always like the creeper. Looked like Frankenstein kind of like oh, just the, the Yeah, creeper. I know. Yeah, I got the guy with the bold the bold uh-huh. cut. I love the creeper. He was always one of my okay, favorites yeah. from it. I actually, I, I'm going to change my vote to the creeper. I forgot about the creeper. <laughs> speaking speaking of Scooby-Doo, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the show Supernatural. And they have a really, really cool episode in one of their seasons where the, the two brothers in the show, the Winchesters, get sucked into like a haunted television. And they get put into like a parallel Scooby-Doo universe. Oh, that's cool. And so the whole... The whole episode, Sam and Dean Winchester are animated in there with the mystery gang. And uh, they're like solving a mystery in a haunted house. But the mystery gang is super naive and they don't really think that any of this is real. They think it's a man in the mask. But the Winchesters are like, no, you guys will die. This shit's actually real. And it's just really <laughs> funny because when they finally realize that ghosts are real, they, they all start having like existential crises in front of the, the brothers and like, oh, we probably shouldn't have told <laughs> It's awesome. It's a really cool episode. I need to check that one out. I'll have to figure out how to watch that one. Also, we'd be remiss to talk about Scooby-Doo and not go back to Zombie Island. Zombie Island is, the, is my jam. The best version of Scooby-Doo, in my personal opinion. Bringing the monsters actually it to life. It is quintessential Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Yes. That you guys one, also, remember when Scrappy-Doo was the villain for Scooby-Doo at one point? In the, in the, that's in the live-action movie. movie, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is also very good. That is a very good movie. Yeah. It's a solid movie. It's okay. <laughs> also, a shout-out to, like I think it was like, the second Scooby-Doo movie where they're uh, dealing with Wiccans and witches. And there's like a, this journalist that follows them around for a lot of it. And then he turns out to be a warlock, like an actual powerful wizard after like them trying to put the blame on someone else for the entire time. So you get a little twist there at the end, which I guess is pretty common in Scooby-Doo overall, but Mm. that was a good one as well. Yes. Yeah. Seth, Seth Green's on that one. Is he? I I love some Scooby. I yeah. love some Scooby. Speaking of uh, dogs, Courage. <laughs> Let's talk about my favorite horror through cartoons. Mm, Courage the Cowardly yes. Dog. It, 
Our favorite dog with a big old cavity in his no tooth. No courage. <laughs> I'm getting me mallet. <laughs> so I'm just going to go through a couple of my, my favorites from Courage. We have, uh, let's see, Dr. Gerbil, where he's going around to the middle of nowhere trying to sell them some vacuum cleaners. Ends up kidnapping Muriel and bringing him back to his lair. And if you haven't seen this episode, it has one of the coolest endings. It's like a giant chase scene on like riverboats and stuff. And the music is just, it's its swelling. It's super strange for like a cartoon because it just completely changes the the overall like feel of it. But that's a good one. Big fan. Uh, this one actually kind of scared me as a kid. Queen of the Black Puddle. It's the one where there's like a, a witch that can like materialize out of water and like puddles and stuff. And she's trying to seduce Eustace into coming with her and following her to, to end up like killing her at one point, like courage goes into it and sees that there's like a bunch of skulls and bones down in, at the bottom of the, uh, the water where she resides. So that one's pretty scary. Courage definitely rode that line of, Oh yeah. To inappropriate for kids. Like, it really rode that line very closely. He's walking a tightrope there. Uh, the Queen with the Black Puddle episode was disturbing, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. That's certainly a, a good intro to get people into horror, horror, like especially little kids. Like it's not overtly super scary, but at the same time, like just it's it's menacing. It's showing the skulls and skeletons and bones down where the witch is coming from. Uh. This one's not super scary, but Courage in the Big Stinking City, where Muriel gets to a chance to go on stage in, I guess it's supposed to be like New York, but uh, she's going to be playing in a music hall, and Courage is sent around the city to go collect a cursed box for this roach. That roach is hilarious. There's a couple scenes in there where he's like going around this apartment building and opening up doors. And just different scary imagery pops up. Like there's one in particular where it's like a claymation girl. And she turns around and her face like expands and has like sharp teeth and stuff. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one, I think most people that have seen the show know the King Ramsey's curse. Return yes. the slab. Yes. Also, the freaky. CG in that is so unsettling. What about just seeing uh, King Ramsey? Oh, you know Freaky Fred's in my list. Freaky, <laughs> Freaky Fred's. Freaky so. Fred's probably the one that creeped me out the most. You're very naughty. Also, in that same episode, was like the goose that thought that Muriel was his queen or something. <laughs> yeah, you guys remember <laughs> of that? Of course. <laughs> I think, and then uh, I want to point out two more that are really big ones for me: the Tower of Doctor Zalost. It's the one where he comes into town and he's like shooting off like these cannonballs and everyone it hits becomes super depressed. And so it's a good episode that it's got some horror elements, but it also kind of tackles and talks about depression and how to overcome it. So that's a good learning episode. And then, of course, they did one that was based off of The Exorcist, the movie where oh dear. the demon in the mattress where Muriel gets possessed and oh, no. she even does the whole 360 head vomiting oh my and stuff. god i 
Dude, I feel like that I buried that one in my brain, and now it's all coming out. <laughs> that yeah, one was that one was like, like super riding the line of like, is this kid friendly? Because I'm yeah. not really sure. Actually, this could be on like Adult Swim. Yeah, at this it point. was <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. No, it, it, was, it was close, honestly. But those are some of the big hitters for Courage for me, and uh, huge fan of the show. Love it. Yeah, Courage is great. I'm glad that Brandon got to go down the rabbit hole a little bit on this because Courage. <laughs> was taken down like it was round one it or was round two i think yeah a travesty it was a travesty it was justice shame, so. <laughs> i want to get through these i want to get through these next ones uh kind of quickly but um other cartoons uh, i always liked the uh, tim burton style cartoons that they came out with like uh corpse bride or Coraline. i don't know yeah. if Coraline was tim burton but it had the same kind I don't of vibe. think it was tim burton but it did have that vibe and honestly like I think Coraline did a better job of it than Corpse Bride or Nightmare Before Christmas. Because it actually has a pretty spooky setting where it has the other mother where, where like she wants to like take Coraline's eyes and like sh- sew buttons over them. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. Brandon so, just took off the freaking gloves for this one. He's like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> Tim Burton ain't got shit on Coraline. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I love me some Tim Burton and Nightmare Before Christmas is a staple that you can watch either at Halloween or Christmas time. It's so good. I always I, I have a special place in my heart of Nightmare Before Christmas. Like I've seen it, but I actually prefer it in the IP of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> All right. Those were the best. Those were the best levels. You Did you either of you guys of play, Kingdom Hearts? play Kingdom Hearts? I'm a, I'm a Disney okay. fanboy, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that would those were some of the best levels. Um and, and especially cuz the costumes when they'd all be like like uh Sora had like a pumpkin growing out of his head and it was yeah, just really cool. Frankenstein goofy I liked it a lot. mummy Donald. Mummy Donald. Yeah. I will say for the first game with during like in the Nightmare Before Christmas world when you had to fight Oogie Boogie in the second phase where you have to climb up the giant Oogie Boogie tower, that fight sucked ass such a pain in the ass to deal with dude speaking of oogie boogie so my first year out of college where i started working at my old credit union i was in training at their headquarters it was halloween and they had a department-based like halloween costume contest and this one i don't know it might have been like hr or something like that they all did nightmare before christmas and their costumes were really good and they had the music coming out and they were all doing creepy dances. And then all of a sudden Oogie Boogie comes out, dude, this fucking girl made like a hula hoop like thing and had a bunch of that really, uh, what's it called? Like, like the, the wool sacks that you would jump in. What, what were those called when you would play the games and, the, the yeah like the burlap sack, sack. she made Something a whole like oogie boogie costume out of like burlap sack and then made it That's like so suspended cool. over a hula hoop around her waist and they were like freaking oh it was the coolest costume i've ever seen hands down damn i might have to take some notes <laughs> yeah i wouldn't mind going as oogie boogie and woman. then one of the last ones well 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 what have we here one of the last ones is uh go on monster house <laughs> that one was quality programming yeah i really yeah, like under- monster house honestly uh, underrated honestly it, it, it they did a really good job with it 
Yeah. It tells a compelling story. It's got some it's got some horror elements, some spooky parts for sure. Did that one actually come out to yeah. theaters? Because I remember seeing that just come out to Cartoon no, Network no. originally it came out when theaters. I first saw yeah. it. Okay. Now up next, we've got some Disney stuff that I think are all staples. We've got Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus, and obviously us being from Florida, the Haunted Mansion ride at Magic. Dude, Valley. I got yeah. stuck on the Haunted Mansion ride for like a half hour. <laughs> so <laughs> multiple times. Multiple times. You're not a Floridian unless you've been always, stuck dude, on the fucking Haunted Mansion ride. <laughs> it's always, always yeah. in the graveyard yes. area, too. Yes, which it's where I get the graveyard stuck area. Every single fucking You're time. You're so right. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. Speaking of Hocus Pocus, or not Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, I am watching Halloween Town right now. I've got it on in the background. Such a classic. Calaban. How many? Calaban. How many of those did they make? They must be up to four, four or five by the time they actually stopped producing yeah. them. Four. Okay. I think I only ever saw the first. They did Halloween Town, Halloween Town, and then Return. And then they did Halloween, Halloween Town, Town Two, Calabar's Revenge, and then they did one oh, when they're in high school, and I don't know what the other one was. Halloween yeah. Town High. Yep. I don't yep. I don't want to see that one, but no, the first one's the only one worth watching. <laughs> Obviously Hocus Pocus, old school favorite. But moving into live action introduction to horror movies, we've got uh do you guys remember the little vampire with the little blonde kid from Stuart Little? Yeah, I do. Okay, so <laughs> I do. Dude. There was one part of the little vampire that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And that was when they're going into the tomb of that the legendary female vampire that they talked about earlier in the movie to get her ruby necklace. And I remember them doing like flashbacks of her. And for some reason it really stuck with me and Mm. freaked me out. I'll never forget the little vampire because this is really weird. Um, I'm going to send you guys a side by side. Maybe we'll put on the Instagram. My youngest brother, Tyler, when he was a kid was fucking identical to the kid that played Stuart Little and Little Vampire. <laughs> we lived in we lived in That's Guam awesome. and all the Chamoran people were obsessed with us because we had blonde hair and blue eyes and they just don't see that shit over there. But they were particularly obsessed with Tyler because that was we lived there when Stuart Little came out and they literally thought he I'm telling you he looks mm. so much like him. They literally thought he was the Stuart Little kid. It was weird. That's hilarious. Little Stuart Little. <laughs> Also, big shout out to the vampire cows in Little Vampire. Oh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> I like that a lot. Also, on under live action, we've got Van Helsing, which... Classic. I would say... Not super scary. But... Yeah, it's more of like an action movie, but it definitely deals with a lot of the classic horror. It's a good monsters, introduction. Yeah, You're not going to get too scared. Yeah. It is. It's a good introduction. It introduces you to Dracula, to the Wolfman to Frankenstein, some of Dracula's brides. There's some horror elements to it for sure. And it doesn't, I mean, it's not super scary, but it's definitely something that you could show to someone that's not really into the genre. I think it's just a good movie overall too. If you're into, you know, science fiction or horror at all. This one we got coming up is one of my personal favorites. Gremlins. Mm. Oh yeah. One of the best Christmas movies. (laughs) (laughs) Right up there with Die Hard. Uh, yeah, die Hard, die is hard the best. Yeah. Thank you very much. Also, great jokes to come about that whenever you get in college and you have the no sleepover rule. It's the gremlins rule, right? <laughs> Don't feed them after True. midnight. Don't get them wet. And what's what's the what's the last one? There's three. Oh, no sunlight. You don't see them in sunlight. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh like spo- my god, the bright so light. That's right. Up. Yep. Anyways, yeah, just watching those gremlins after they transform just take over the town, and <laughs> it not only does it have some horror elements, but but the movie is oh, wickedly great. funny. Yeah, that's a solid '80s movie. Big fan, no doubt. So another uh, late '80s, early '90s movie, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Mm. Beetlejuice. With Michael Keaton. Also, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, a young Alec Baldwin. Great, great film. Uh, highly recommend this one if you've never seen it. The entire time they spend in, I guess, hell or is it purgatory or I don't even know. Wherever the the waiting room yeah, is when they're purgatory. dead. Yeah, it's just it's it explores the afterlife in a really interesting way. Big fan of that one. And then also a, a really young Winona Ryder in that film. Yeah, teen years. Winona. And then uh, last but not least is the Adams family. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So in all of its properties, but obviously when we were kids, they had the Adams Family movie, which Mm -hmm. was awesome. Who is the the daughter from that? All grown up now? Uh, Christina Ricci. I'm talking about? Ryochi or something. She was in Casper too. Yes. Yeah, plays Wednesday. She was creepy. I'm looking her up right now to see what she looks like now. <laughs> they had, I mean, they had the movie. They had like two movies and then they had a cartoon show. That was a good one. Who was your favorite member of the Adams family? Cousin if you don't it, mind me asking. Hands down. Cousin It? Yeah. I was a big fan of Uncle I Fester. I loved Uncle personally. Fester when, um, oh God, what's the guy that, na- that plays Doc Brown in. Um, uh, yeah, dude, Lloyd. Uncle F- Christopher Lloyd is Uncle Fester is so good. So good. Uh-huh. Especially the one where there's like an imposter Uncle Fester. That's I forget which one of those movies that was, but that was the best one. Yeah, I'm a big Adams Family fr- fan. Excuse me. And uh, so that's another one I would suggest. It's a little bit lighter, but it's still dealing with the horror genre. Moving into other stuff that got us into horror. Uh, let's talk about some video games, Brandon. So this first one, we were having a discussion about video games that had some good horror stuff that wasn't too intense. And Brandon's like, you know, going on, giving different descriptions on what we need, like very specifically, like we need to do something lighter, not too intense, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what about Luigi's Mansion? And he's like, that is literally perfect. perfect. (laughs) It doesn't get much better than that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little spooky, but at the same time, it's super lighthearted and fun. 
Uh, but it explores, you know, horror and scariness and and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And speaking of uh, mansions in the Mario universe, Mario 64 in particular, there's this level called Big Boo's Haunt, where it's a haunted mansion full of the 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 boos, the ghosts. And there's there's a room that you enter at the beginning of the level where there's this piano. This it's super innocuous. You wouldn't expect anything of it. But if you get close enough to it, it comes alive and starts clamping down and making this loud noise. That scared the oh absolute <laughs> shit out of me when I was a kid. Didn't see it coming at all. Made me jump out of my fucking shoes. I have to uh I have to throw one in here that I was thinking about actually just while we were talking. How about when you go in Pokemon to Lavender Town to the Pokemon yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Ghost I mean, Tower? Even today there's like there's there's creepy pastas and all sorts of things about Lavender Town. Like they had like the music like made little Japanese kids suicidal and stuff. Like I mean, obviously this is all just internet hearsay and, and whatnot. But yeah, Lavender Town and Pokemon, that's a great yeah. one. The music was creepy, especially yeah. when you're when you're going was, through the museum. Sure. And then every in the museum, I hated it. Did you guys hate walking through caves in Pokemon? Remember? In yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, because every other step and was you, a Zubat. Yeah, and and then in in the in Lavender Town the museum, they were all ghastlies. And the thing about the museum is you couldn't buy the repels. In the caves, you could buy repel, and you wouldn't run into a shit ton of caterpillars and weedles and shit. But in the in the if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the museum you couldn't do that. I don't know if you could do that, but I do need to correct you that it was not a museum and actually a burial ground for Pokemon. So it was the only time in Pokemon where they confirmed that Pokemon do die. And you and like, they, I mean, they, they, they speculate also that your rival is going there because he's his Raticate passed away and he was burying it because you never see it again it. in the series. You yeah, killed because it you killed it. Brandon, that's the second time this episode that you've brought up repressed childhood memories because... I'm so sorry. definitely <laughs> used a museum so as sorry. a cover for that shit. Trent's like, I love the museum. The art pieces were cool. I don't know why they were ghosts. Allow me to enlighten you to your dark past. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on from Pokemon. Definitely love uh, playing some Gengar in Pokemon, though. Shout out, Gengar. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of the best. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some Zelda shall we yeah these are some big ones for me so zelda in ocarina of time there are two levels in particular that are very very spooky and that's when you go in the well in kakariko village to go find the lens of truth you go down this dark well and uh the way that they did it is both the well and sh the shadow temple they have bones all around the walls and they talk about like hyrule's bloody past they have skull enemies. They have the re-deads, which are basically zombies that make you freeze whenever they scream and they jump on you. There's even like pits in the well area where there's like this acid that hurts you if you're standing on it for too long. It's it's spooky. I would even say that like it, it may have been too mature for at the time for kids. <laughs> Just the way they talked about the bloody past and how this the sins of Hyrule are buried in the shadow temple. a lot of that stuff when you go back and re-examine your childhood. Yeah, it's, it's true. Like, Man, that was that was some dark shit. It's mm -hmm. like just let the children see the death. 
Get them accustomed to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, go sugarcoat it. <laughs> Speaking of Zelda, Majora's Mask as well. So Ocarina have t- has times in it where it it's, can be spooky. I would say Majora's Mask, there is majority of the game deals with some horror elements to an extent. Even putting the masks on of the uh, the fallen heroes that you find throughout the game, the first time you put them on, like the transformation sequence is is terrifying. Like it shows Link screaming and like this spooky, creepy face of the the hero comes up. And then uh, once you get into like Ikana Valley and some of the last areas of Majora's Mask, there's a graveyard where there's it's full of skeletons. Uh, you go into this fallen kingdom that's been destroyed, and there's also the ever impending doom of the moon falling down on on Clock Town. That's always in the background. That I mean, you can't really escape it. There's a timer showing when the world's going to end, and the only way to to get around it is by going back in time. But yeah, two games that definitely <laughs> deal with horror in a unexpected way, especially for Zelda. Yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, it's kind of funny you brought up the sense of impending doom for Majora's Mask. They yeah, dude. You a clock to count down, so you're like, I'm gonna die soon. Yeah, it's like you can never forget about it. It's always there. It's always showing you. And like, and like, if you look up from anywhere on the map, the moon's right above Clock Town, and it's it's coming. I mean, you have to do something before it drops. Oh lord, or go back he in time coming. and start it all over again. Oh lord, here I come now. <laughs> all right, so. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, intermediate horror. So this would kind of be, in our opinion, the next step. Uh, if you've graduated all the stuff that we talked about previously, here's what you would kind of go into. And next week, we'll continue to follow up with a little bit more hardcore horror movies we're going to be talking about. Yeah, we'll uh, we're going to Annie a little bit more. We're going to keep raising the temperature all the way till uh, October 31st. So get ready, baby, because it's going to get so weird. ready. Um, so first up the sixth sense, this movie actually was pretty scary when I was younger. Cause it's just like, mm-hmm. it's so freaking intense. It's like a drama, but it's really like, so a I'm a drama. big fan of early M night. Um, not a, not a big fan of at the height of his fame M night. And then I'm also a big fan of M night trying to recuperate from the last airbender. Cause he made some good shit after that, particularly, um, that Apple TV plus show that you and I watch Chris, the revenant and the sixth sense, in my opinion is probably the best thing we've ever gotten from M night. Would you guys, yeah, I would agree with what that. Do you, yeah, I think so too. Uh, and yep. it, it's just got, it starts off so unsettling and scary because you get multiple things like you get the supernatural, but also in the beginning, you, uh, there's there's a there's a crazed madman that is a, a patient of Bruce Willis. He's a therapist, and he breaks into their house, and he's just scrawny and lanky and creepy, and in his underwear, and shoots him. And now I can't remember what the context of the scene was, but there was a scene that stuck with me because I saw oh, it when oh I was pretty young. I, know what I, I already know what you're about to say too, and it shows. I don't know. There's because there's, there's two that it could be, in my opinion. But there's one in particular that was a little bit more, where the boy is like in his little tent that he makes out of blankets, and there's another little boy there that he starts talking to, and he like turns around, and there's like a gunshot out of the back of his head, and like you can see how like, he's hey, you want to play with my dad's gun? Yep. 
That is the exact yeah, one I was super scared. The, oh my god! I actually freaked was me the thinking hell of another out. one that scared me more. Are you thinking of the under the bed? Oh, even I thought the scariest part of the whole movie is when he got up in the lock in the tower. And they okay. Him in there, and <laughs> yeah. he was with someone. Also, another one I would say is like when they're walking around the school, and, and they like first start saying like he see dead people, and like he looks past Bruce Willis, and there's this three people that are. That's just the one I was going to mention. That's the one that stuck with me when I went to sleep. Like the three people. Yeah, that one's that one's that one me out too. is number two on my list of scares outside of the hey, you want to play with my dad's gun, Chris? When he gets trapped, yep, that's the boys are teasing yeah. him, and he gets <laughs> trapped in like the cupboard under the like attic or whatever. Yeah, that shit was also scary. Six senses. It, it's not. I don't know. I mean, intermediate horror. We might be dicks here recommending. <laughs> well we got to give them something uh, it, it, these are just these are things that are not like way over the top scary gory bloody um the, we're doing but the they do delve into those topics i would say yeah i'd say the next one is a little bit less scary it's more of a thriller so than anything else so it keeps you on the is actually what i would consider the first straight horror movie i ever saw my parents rented it and i begged them to let me watch it and they did. And I was so freaking scared afterwards because um, the scene, the, the scene that stands out to me in this one, there's two. The first is when you get the first alien reveal and um, Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson are watching a news channel and they show like um, a quinceanera or something. Mm. You just see yeah. the freaking alien walk by and look at the camera and when Joaquin Phoenix is underrated in this movie, when he sees that, he like grabs his mouth and jumps back out of his chair and is the he has like terror in his eyes. That scene in particular stuck with me. And then the other scene I'm thinking of is when the aliens are finally coming and they barricade themselves in the basement. And Yep, this is yeah. the scene that got and, me. And the kid's standing <laughs> standing next to like the furnace, and the alien comes out of nowhere, and you just see the hand grab his neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. That and when uh, same scene while they're in the basement, and Bruce Willis takes the knife oh, to yeah. look under the door to see the reflection yeah. from the knife. Ooh, ooh, gave me the willies. So after <laughs> I had watched that movie, um, I asked my parents if I could sleep in their room, and my mom. Me and my mom are kind of demented. We really enjoy scaring people. Uh, we would scare my brothers all the time. She would scare me all the time. I scare my fiance a lot. And I went in my bedroom to go get my pillows and stuff. And there's like a dark hallway that led to their to their room. And she jumps out and scares me. And I freak the fuck out. But what really, what really got, yeah, <laughs> what really got me is in the middle of the night, I hear a crash. And in the movie, for some reason, the aliens can't get out of cupboards. And it turned out that one of our shelves in our pantry had completely fallen apart and crashed in the middle of the night. And so oh, I'm geez. like 12 years old thinking or like 11 years old thinking I am dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. All right, let's, let's get into our last recommended intermediate horror. This one is a little sus in my book because it. I would say this is a straight up horror movie. We're getting into like some real territory here, but it's not too bad. 
And wait, that's wait. I, I I would be remiss. I'm sorry. Oh, I, go ahead. No, I, I no. I didn't speak up earlier, but I would be remiss to not mention during signs. We were when I was like 12, 13 when that movie came out. We had like a church lock in at the church I went to. So we were all there and we played that movie. And no joke, I got a hold of the remote and replayed the scene where he's chopping the fingers off under the pantry door like 25 <laughs> times. And everyone was just screaming, just literally <laughs> shrieking. And it was just, I could not stop laughing, which goes to show what a horrible sense of humor I have. But that memory just stands out. So I wanted to shout that out. So um, you guys watched good that. Shout, good shout. During a church <laughs> lock in, which those church lock ins were great. And there was, uh, I mean, you put a bunch of teenagers together, you know, it, never mind. I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> I don't, don't want to go into territory. Never mind. So, I'm going into a little bit deeper into the horror as a recommendation for our intermediate, if you've seen all the other stuff, you think you can start getting into the big boys, the big boy league of horror. We recommend Scream. I think we, Scream. I think we ended it on Scream with a really like. I think that's a really good progression. I think Scream, I think so too, right, Brandon? It might be really on the cusp, but if you look at other slasher films, it, I think it's probably one of the most, if not the most mild, of the greats in terms of slasher flicks. It is, and I think it does a good job of being a more of a mild one because it is, in a sense, it's almost like it's not a parody, but it, at the same time, it does parody other slashers, and that's why it became so big at the time because Wes Craven was known for putting out Nightmare on Elm Street and its multitude of sequels, and so it was kind of like taking those genres and with some some tongue in cheek. It's not even necessarily a parody. It's a commentary, you know? Yeah, it is a commentary. It is, it is more of a commentary. It's, but Scream. Scream 5. Um, I know we talked about it on the podcast before, but all of the original cast is returning. Well, the ones that are still alive. I'm like, excited for Scream 5. I thought ooh. Scream 4 was awesome. I love the intro for Scream 4 when it kept going back and forth. Like, <laughs> it's like, Slasher 2, Slasher 3. Like, <laughs> like they're showing commercials for the previous films that were meant yeah. to be like mockumentaries of the original scream. Right. Yeah. So that's our recommendation for getting into some intermediate horror and, uh, and basic horror also. Okay. And we hope to see all of you back here next week. That's, that's the bulk of our episode there. Um, please come check out our episode next week. We're going to be talking about curses and cursed objects and, phone calls that you shouldn't answer that'll get you cursed or chain <laughs> letters that you don't respond to. You walk into a house, you're cursed. <laughs> Videotapes that you shouldn't watch. People you sleep with that curse you. Uh, yeah. We're going to cover all of the curses. So uh, <laughs> tune in next week. It's going to get amped up a little bit more and make sure that you tell your friends about us and drop us that review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us out a lot. Thank y'all. I declare this meeting of the Geek Peak podcast closed. Until next time, pleasant dreams, everyone.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.